So hello and welcome to the Hackernoon podcast. This is Utsav Cheswal, Hackernoon's blockchain editor. And today I have the team from Freeton. Hackernoon podcast. These are the guys with the claims of being the fastest blockchain in the world as of today. It's sixty-three thousand transactions per second. And representing the team, I have Benjamin Bateman, who is one of my favorite. podcasters hands down i might be biased but that's where i am i am like coming from check it out if you guys have an it's fun he is also the community's busybody a self acclaimed busybody although he's very nice to speak to and i also have mitcha goroshevsky goroshevsky i'm sorry and he is the cto at ton labs and he has been leading the development team that has led to this breakthrough without further ado i'd like to pass the mic back to mitcha and tell us about what he has been doing since the inception of the ton blockchain and how it evolved into something that is now called the free ton yeah thanks yeah just to to start about the evolution of this of the ton just to get past that point really and it goes like that so there was a ton project by telegram which mm-hmm. got sued by scc for alleged getting money from investors and and think a blockchain i don't know so scc thought it's a security or something despite mm-hmm. the fact that it, they it was the security exemption and there were lawyers around telegram it really Hey, all this shit, which never shit. prevented anyone <laughs> yeah. to be sued by a CC, as we all know. So, right. on certain point in this in this lawsuit, we, meaning the community, which was formed around Ton at that time, like Ton Labs was doing three years of research about Ton technology, and based on like papers from Telegram, and um, there were community people who were you know, like doing projects around Ton, like for several months at that point, mm-hmm. and and we have participated in this in drafting some responses to SCC as a community. Like I, I lead led the draft of the of the response to their technical experts and so on and so forth. But on, and we had a lawyer who helped us like just navigate through this process. Dima Drofe was a great guy, great friend, mm-hmm. and at a certain point we realized. that it's not going to end uh, good it's just uh, not going to 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 happen the sec would never allow the the original tone to launch because of the shit right because of yeah because of all that <laughs> kind of shit blockchain <laughs> well, man because of yeah. what really like yeah. it, it's uh, just because of the money that telegram raised and not in a proper way by by the by what sec is is thinking or were thinking and uh, mm. but but we said like then the community said we don't have anything to do with this money like mm. we didn't raise any money we didn't like participate in any icos or anything like that mm. so whatever sec is doing with ton like why it should affect us mm-hmm. why like sec doesn't sue us so we started to discuss that within the community like what we want to do mm-hmm. and uh, and we only disagreed on the way to do that basically mm-hmm. but there were forming like several groups that wanted to launch it and uh, said okay we disagree on the way to launch it but we want to launch it and that was the consensus and then like i have drafted the first a declaration of decentralization text and then people joined in to 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 draft on top of that mm-hmm. and there was a community building around that that idea of launching like freeton 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some validators brought other validators from different networks, like peer-to-peer org, like Kostel Lamashuk brought some people from Cosmos community and so on. And they all said, yeah, you're probably doing right thing. It's interesting. Like after we launched, even Vitalik actually said, I can tweet that. It's, it's mm-hmm. very interesting ex- experiment in decentralization because... Yeah, so what is the project or the founders got sued by SEC, but there is an open source code and we can use that. And there were people who developed on top of that some other open source code. Mm-hmm. So who, who would prevent us from? So, so that's how Freeton was launched. And mm-hmm. that is, became a center of research around Ton technology, mm-hmm. and which, which then evolved into what we have now. Like I published a version, like a draft of white paper of Freeton several weeks ago. It's publicly available. Now mm-hmm. it's open for comments. There will be a final version, like probably coming out in days or whatever. But and it describes like the evolution of the technology and how far we got from the original kind of research that Telegram did, mm-hmm. which was really like an MVP level research. And mm-hmm. we what we primarily like the the, the research that was going inside Tonlabs. And the result of that research, as you all know right now, brought to this results that we have today. So that's mm-hmm. more or less the evolution. Got it. Got it. And I remember speaking to you earlier when you were like mentioning about proof of finality. I find out I found found it to be quite fascinating, like when you mentioned that in the case of roll-ups like because the proof of finality happens way down the line, there can be events where after 28 days of the transaction being done, you get the notification that it has been rolled back and now you don't actually have the money. And on the Freeton blockchain, the proof of finality is pretty fast. It's in the seconds, if I'm not wrong. You guys have a 63,000 like TPS that has been calculated. So how do you like get there? What is the kind of expertise that you need? Why? couldn't ethereum do it like why is the bitcoin at like what seven transactions per second why is like the newer blockchains the ones that are building it when the biggest case that these ethereums of the world have is that they have the most developers if they have the most developers why aren't they faster in your opinion Sure. There are several questions in one that you composed. So I will start from the end. Like why many developers can't build something that a small team can? Well, you have that answer every week or something when a big company acquiring some startup, right? So it doesn't prevent, like the Apple has, Google has tens of thousands of engineers, maybe hundred thousands engineers. And uh, then the com- startup with five engineers, which which does like something that Google couldn't build. It's happening all the time. And I even don't want to answer that. It's, it's a law of, I don't know, of innovation, right? Innovator's Dilemma, great book by Christensen. You can read it. So why big corporations cannot do, cannot innovate? What prevents mm. them from innovating? So uh, like Ethereum is, is, of course, as any other established project is in a way subject to its own problems, like its own heritage, if you want. So it, the Ethereum cannot move as fast. Ethereum cannot change design as fast. Ethereum engineering kind of execution because of the way they do the engineering is very limited, meaning that they cannot produce results in time. And we know that it's already a kind of a community joke, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Around that. And and some, we have an engineering competition going on. It's why Intel produced like the best processor at time, right? Why X386 architecture is the winning architecture today Mm -hmm. and not some other. 
Yeah, because yeah, because they're like you know power PC, for example, like because their war competition of engineering, you know, great engineers here and there, and someone won. That's mm. as, as simple as that. So their design was like their design requirements probably were put correct way. The balance of the engineering compromises that you make all the time in engineering, of course, was like just the correct compromises and, and someone did the incorrect compromises. Someone thought that something something is more important than the other and in the end, it apparently is not important at all. It is just these things. It, it's just a law right. of evolution of engineering. So I think this is the, this is the answer why I, don't, I cannot... And probably we had the right design and we had the right design because we, from the beginning, thought, again, we started late in a way. If you think about when probably the point of time when you can do decisions are important and mm. the lack of heritage that you have. If you have a community which expects certain things from you versus the thing that the community that don't expect anything from you, mm-hmm. uh, except for, for example, results. And you say like, we want to build the fastest blockchain. Ethereum never said we want to build the fastest blockchain. Mm. So how they would do that? If you even don't put it as a goal, <laughs> like how it will end up being, being the fastest blockchain. And there are only, I think, three teams in the world who actually said we wanted to be the fastest blockchain. Mm-hmm. Right? And these three teams are Solana, Nier, and us. If you think of all the other projects, like they put something else. Like Cardano, when they, like when they wanted to build their blockchain, like their goal was to build like the most scientifically correct. I don't know, yeah. correct by construction, whatever. Yeah, blah, 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 yeah. Blah. yeah. And the fact that finality in, in Cardano is thirty seconds is just like. What did you expect? So, so when they when the projects like Cardano was putting their requirements, what they had in mind was like 13 seconds of Ethereum or 10 minutes of Bitcoin. We we want to build something with the smart contract capabilities, but less than Bitcoin finality. That's a goal, and what you get is 30 seconds finality. Right? Mm. Well, our goal was to build the finality, which is comparable to when you hit the Facebook page and reload. Mm-hmm. As you can see, this is quite different kind of goal definition. Exactly. And in that goal, yeah. Yeah, in that goal definition, your design choices will be quite differently, like mm. made, right? The, you cannot anymore have best fork uh, choice, finality, blah, 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 simply because it will take you enormous amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like it will take you seconds and seconds on top. And you just cannot have that choice. You need another <laughs> Got it. You need to think how we do that. And, mm. and that's it. And if you and of course it's not something impossible to do, but if you think about scalability, if you think about fast finality and scalability, and you also say my constraint, because my constraint was always we want to be layer one blockchain. Meaning, mm. I don't agree. What happened? Why we have layer two? We have layer two idea, not because it's the greatest idea of all times. Not at all. This is probably one of the worst ideas of all time. Right. But this is the only. But this is the only way for the Ethereum to somehow tackle that problem of the gas price, of the throughput, and so on and so forth. Like they cannot do it otherwise because they don't have this blockchain on layer one that can capable of doing that. It's mm. not that they want to have layer two. Nobody in the right mind wants to have a layer two solution or mm. layer two, layer three, layer four, whatever. When you stop. Sorry, <laughs> can I make an analogy which sure. will maybe show my age a bit? I don't know if anybody ever used to own a mega drive back in the day with the cartridge machines the mega yeah. drive 2 uh, game systems but when uh, all the game systems were moving towards cd roms because of the increased memory capacity uh, mega drive released something called the 32x which was supposed to be a revolution and it was like 
a CD-ROM drive which had a cartridge slot in the bottom which you would slot into your old Mega Drive to make your Mega Drive then run CD-ROM games. <laughs> and this, to me, is very analogous with Layer yeah. 2 solutions. I mean, just, just wait for the PlayStation guy. Very nice analogy. And then, uh, right, and then you, and, and the whole logic then, it becomes like this. We have this huge community. We have this blockchain which sucks as a design. Then we stack on top, there's all these solutions that patches these holes and the problem and we are fine then well no you are not because in the end like the best processor will win mm -hmm. in the design period we are right. in the technology guys space we are not in some kind of this is technology in technology like the best technology wins period mm -hmm. it will take it might take some time if there is not sustainable there are some companies who died on the way to bring the best technology to the market. Yes, that happened a lot. Mm -hmm. Like you have the best technology, but you die because you don't have enough resources to put it to the market. But mm -hmm. if you do have it, if you do have resources, if you do have a sustainable kind of like business-wise in their respect, in our respect, like the community with, with the Freeton community with the, like it should be sustainable, of course, mm -hmm. to bring this to the market. And yeah, it will take some time. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in the end, I just don't see. I just don't see how that can lose. Uh, frankly mm -hmm. speaking, mm -hmm. I, I do believe in that design. And the, the I never said that bluntly like that before because I always want. I want to talk like an engineer and not like a marketing. And when you say like when you ask marketing guys and they, they always say, "Oh, we have the fastest blockchain," and they have the fastest, and these guys has the fastest, and whatever blockchain they have. Right. And then I always like, okay, so show me some results and show me mm. some technical stuff. So show me like what you can show. And so before we could show, I didn't want to come here or anywhere and say we have the like the best technology, best design. Mm. Now I can, and that's why like. I wanted, I pressed this, this is completely, this is completely useless exercise. And it took six months and about $2 million to do that. Like it's insanely stupid. But if you think about that, it's what, what Elon Musk was doing when they put this unmanned rockets and then breaking it up in the atmosphere and the stratosphere and then trying to, in the atmosphere and then trying to land them back on the, this motors on the, on the boats, like motors on land the boat, land the, mo the useless motor on the boat. Mm -hmm. Like this is an exercise that probably they spent like billions of dollars do, trying doing that. Mm. Yeah, why did they do that? Because in the end, if you want a NASA contract, you need to show that you can actually do that. So we need, we want, I wanted to show, like our goal was like to show to the world that this design really wins. It mm. really wins. It gotcha. can scale. And now we have these results. We can prove that that it scales we can prove that actually now of course and it's not the end like 62 whatever 45 on the open internet 45k it was like a tps on the distributed data centers but the point is not that the point is that it can scale even further or any further you want like mm. we can because we worked with the configuration of 20 work chains which would be like 20 and 32 threads mm -hmm. basically so we that is think of that as a like uh, processor de processor design like it's mm -hmm. think of the threads and the cores of the processor so we had 10 cores at 32 threads each and uh, we but we can actually configure this process to run on 100 mm -hmm. cores mm -hmm. and just scales of course there mm -hmm. are some limits to the internet capacity blah 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 but really in reality the traffic that we are producing is i don't know maybe five to ten times less than for example solana traffic on one chain mm -hmm. and it's just laws of physics you cannot go around that. 
Right. <laughs> you, you can whatever you do, like you cannot do that. Otherwise, it's very simple. Uh, guys, that's it. Totally understand. I don't know. I'll have to, uh, to bring in Ben into this, right? I was going to say, to jump in with another analogy, it's a, it's a very basic one, not quite <laughs> as good as my Mega Drive analogy, but it's very much like building houses, building blockchains, mm. isn't it? Again, Ethereum can't do what Freedom does because it has the, the foundations that Ethereum laid all those years back. It, it has this base and it has to grow out of it. Whereas, like Mitya says, you know, at the minute, the 63, 64,000 per tr transactions per section, per second, is just essentially what has been built on top of the foundations as a proof of construct. You know, mm -hmm. uh, using this design, like Mitya says, it, the, the actual scale of how tall the building, the blockchain can get with this is it's pretty, mm. pretty inconceivable by today's standards, I think. I was thinking of this byline while Mitya was speaking was like building the fastest blockchain was the stupidest thing that I did. <laughs> well, the thing is, but, but believe it or... Yeah. You can tell he's not but, a marketing guy, can't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe well, I spent six months doing this, it was stupid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I knew you didn't me, say that really. <laughs> believe, believe me or not, but the actually the point about fastest part is less interesting about Freeton design in my perspective. Mm. Like this is the flashy thing. This is like going to stratosphere thing. Mm. But but in fact, much more fascinating things are in the like in the what we call tone operating system design in mm -hmm. programming languages, uh, kind of innovation stuff in the what we call distributed programming. Like distributed programming for me is way on, on more important innovation in the blockchain design than like mm -hmm. multi-threading and multi-sharding because it allows you to create really distributed smart contracts and mm -hmm. not the smart contracts that, it, that you built right now. Because mm -hmm. if you think, and I'll just, just give you an, an example of a 10 seconds example, because I know that probably not, all, not everyone is programmer here. So like in Ethereum, if you want to build a, I don't know, in a token contract, you mm -hmm. create a huge, basically, map. Think of that as an Excel table. I don't know. And in this table, you put someone's uh, wallet address or like, mm -hmm. public key uh, versus like amount of tokens they have. Mm -hmm. And of course, as you can understand, like Excel table, even Excel table on your local computer cannot scale up to like more than like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly the thing that that happened and and to to Ethereum smart contracts, which are using like cash maps and so on. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. It's just not scalable. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the whole design of the blockchain, like from the perspective of it being a database, you put tables inside the tables, like you put databases inside the cell of a database. It, it, it's bad design. Mm -hmm. You don't, if you think of that as a design of, a, of like a database, then from the database design standpoint, it really sucks. Like mm -hmm. you don't build databases like this. Mm -hmm. And if you want to program like that, like it's really bad programming it's really not not scalable it, it's it leads to all kinds of some core contracts unbalanced basically thing like you, you have unbalanced so how did we like get over here like how did we end up over here like some of the smartest people on the world like oh it's very simple database. because it, oh mm -hmm. it's very simple because it's a naive design like how it's what come? you do when you have okay. well, it, it's just naive you and it's fine for the first iteration of this system, it's mm. totally, totally fine. Now, how do we do that? Oh, we just stack it there, and, and that's it works. Like, yeah, we, okay. we stack a table, we stack a table, a hash map in the in the block, and it works. Right? What's the problem? 
Mm. Right. It really worked for years. It works now even. It's bad design. It's not scalable. But then you we will think about something. Right. right. But the problem is that you cannot really think about something. You need another database. Mm. And that's why we have many databases today, right, in mm. database space. Because there's someone comes with a better design for optimized for something like, uh, I don't know, timetable time databases and some other stuff that are optimized for certain things. And, and it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. The, the problem here is that, again, you have a huge community about, around the blockchain that doesn't scale, doesn't produce enough you know, f- fast finality times, mm-hmm. has these layers on layers as a patches, and then mm-hmm. also has this bad programming kind of habit or concept. Yeah, a lot of people using that. For sure. They have <laughs> but, to. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. Ethereum smart contract, easiest to if I yeah. am somebody who is new and I find out, okay, Solidity has all of these frameworks. If I need to create an ERC20 token, I just need to change three numbers on one line, yeah, right? Exactly. 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 Why would exactly. I go like anywhere else? Like, but that yeah. brings me to this marketing question. I, and I want to pass it on to Ben because he is a better marketer for free time than you are, which I'll be very honest. So uh, how do you position free on as like every blockchain that you see out there has some value proposition, right? Bitcoin, decentralized gold, or let's say internet money, magic money, Ethereum, supercomputer, Solana, I don't know, Polkadot, <laughs> parachains. <laughs> Tendermint or Cosmos, like how do you, what is that one word that you would want to use for freedom? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I came on board with Tun Labs, the company behind free turn of launching it, obviously, a little bit later than some of the other guys mm. through the big June network merger and acquisition process. And I racked my brain for quite a long time on this question, specifically, if Bitcoin is digital gold, then what is free turn? And the problem is that no one can actually, in the same way, like no one officially ever titled Bitcoin digital gold evolved into this moniker with time and usage. Mm. And to try and actually brand a free turn or to try and give it some label or moniker, the more we try to push that up. Everyone gets to decide what free turn is and what it's for. We we can't get the community to use any one logo. We can't get we can't have one centralized website. Right. That's not the way decentralization works, unfortunately. Right. We can try and push in certain directions, but to give my own personal opinion, what free turn really is it's decentralized opportunity. Mm. Um, Ethereum put in place the, and again, I'm not a programmer, the Turing complete programming side of things. So it moved digital cryptocurrency and blockchain past just transactions side of things. It added all these if else statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Freeton does is, again, I, I, it opens that gateway of possibilities into the realms of if Ethereum was the equivalent of the Turing machine, then Freeton is going to be the equivalent of you know, IBM or Windows. It's, mm. it's an operating system. It can do things that well, no other blockchain will be able to do, and conceivably, most of us probably haven't even thought what it will be doing in five years, ten years from now. Mm. Like you just got to look at the partnerships we're working with, and I'm sure Mitra could tell you much more about this than me, but personally, mm. I'm very excited about the work World Chess are doing uh, right. using the blockchain. We've got Human Ventures who are doing some really exciting and anthrop 
Damn it. I've, I tried so hard to say that word first. There's uh, some, some charitable work. The Stuff Human Venture are doing, which I'm a part of, and we recently just received the UK Innovation Grant to forward this here in my country. Mm. Is, it, it's mind-blowing in these this kind of real-time finality. Mm. You know, free Tun is it's unparalleled, I, I think. And you know, I'm not a programmer, I'm not a dev. So when I came to Freeton, you know, I'd, I'd been in crypto a few years, but I'd never used a bloody multi-sig wallet. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd never created my own coin. I'd never interacted directly with smart contracts to do X, Y, and Z. And the learning curve isn't, it's all interface friendly. It's user friendly. It's, mm. it's built from the ground up without that naivety of not really knowing where the whole industry is going. Mm. Like me just said, when Ethereum was built, it was an experiment. You know, no one can knew right. what Ethereum. If anyone ever said to Vitalik, you know, hey, build this thing, and then in about three, four, five years' time, we're going to all use it to launch these crazy tokens and launch businesses and ICOs out of nowhere, and you're going to be right. responsible for this crazy boom. He'd have mm. gone, that wasn't what I was trying to build. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sorry. Okay. Very long answer to a short question. If you were just looking for, you know, digital this, but no, it, it's decentralized <laughs> opportunity as I see it. So there's right. never been an ICO. Anyone can come get involved, like I did. Mm. I'm a plonker, and I'm, you know, heavily involved. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> for those of the people who are not in Britain, what does the word plonker mean? Just someone who isn't ashamed to uh, say they're a bit of an idiot, or right. <laughs> I, I'm very open with my shortcomings. Yeah, I know right. what I know, and I don't know anything else. That's <laughs> gotcha. Let's get back to Mitya on like one line answers, right? It could be a very fun exercise. Mitya, I will give you a name of a blockchain, and you have to tell me like how is the Freeton blockchain different from it? Are you up for it? Sure. Let's start with the, oh, very simple one, Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoin doesn't have the extensive smart contract capabilities, of course, and uh, it's very slow and it's proof of work. And it has a UTXO model instead of accounting model. So there are, like, it's very hard to say what it is different, like it's it, because it's different in, in, a, in everything, more or less. Mm. Yeah, there are, less similarities like you have blocks mm. <laughs> and, and 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 well that's about it <laughs> gotcha and i'll Get go some record into right. the block i'll go right to the other end what is the difference between freeton and polkadot is is a multi-chain design of freeton we have work chains they have power chains mm. but all the rest is pretty much different because it's not a homogenous system it has it, it now patches the design to allow for things that Freedom has like from the beginning, for example, mm. like inter-blockchain messages and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It it also doesn't have the same like the system is completely you want to launch a, it's like a private blockchain, which which like the parachain is is like kind of private blockchain, which does have some guarantees to the to the whatever beacon chain. Or yeah, I don't remember how they call it. Beacon chain. No, so, beacon yeah. chain. No, not Ethereum. beacon chain. There's uh, Ethereum. Ethereum yeah. Right? I, yeah, I don't remember what's the name for the for the uh, um, relay chain. Meter relay, relay chain. chain. Relay chain. Relay right. chain. Relay chain. Thank you, yeah, Pavel. Sorry. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Pavel. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, and this design was not. I don't think it was again done for the same reasons like we did and of course they don't have multi-threading it's again it's quite naive i think approach and architecture to the 
problem of scalability and multi-chain kind of solution to scalability. Now, mm. what do you, how, what would you do if you wanted to create a, just a multi-chain solution for the scalability? And you can, you could do something like Polkadot, but it's just not enough. It's not a, a good design if you think about all the aspects that we spoke before. About, mm. right? Gotcha. And it's I also was... it's not end to yeah it's also not end to end, like again. It's not there end is to some, end. What does that mean? It means that it still it still relies on Web three, for example, and Web three by itself is a problematic approach to the user interface and the, to the blockchain, mm. because Web three is an actually another layer, because it, mm-hmm. it brings the web as a layer to the interaction between the user and the blockchain. Uh, for example, so it's just it's just a solution to a very particular problem mm-hmm. of scalability in this way, and uh, quite naive. So, um, I, I think if you look at the Freeton design, is way more uh, complete and and get thought through from the standpoints of all the requirements that we expect from distributed operating system of today. Mm-hmm. It, it just mm-hmm. I cannot put it more. I don't know. <laughs> in a short version. Gotcha. gotcha. No, that was quite interesting, right? Because the points that you bring up are what, as you also rightly said, were architectural differences. I basically skimmed over what Polkadot is in some of these blogs. And most of their parachains, like Moonbeam or Plasm, their claim to fame is that we allow you to bring your Ethereum smart contracts or EVM support is like what they basically said they have. Is that worth it? If that's your claim, then why are people going to use it? You brought these points up very wonderfully. Like probably these are the things that the developers need to take care of. The next blockchain that I want to go over is a bit out there, Avalanche. Yeah, Avalanche is is interesting one, but their claims is just it's a gossip based blockchain basically. What does and that mean? Explain that to us, please. The gossip is just a, is just a sort of protocol, uh, a group of protocols where one node says something to another node says something to a third node, and that's a kind of gossip goes around the network until everyone reaches the consensus. And the avalanche is using like this this funny algorithm about the coloring, the response. I don't want to go into that. It doesn't matter. You can read about that. But the point of that is that avalanche claims certain things like numbers that are just not... Um, well, how to put it? I would go the disclaim, but yeah, it's like uh, not probably be a little, a little more sensitive than I was in my post. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, myself any Avalanche <laughs> fans when I wrote about them. To be honest, it, it just from my perspective, like you cannot go against the laws of physics again. And if you rely on gossip, we like we have a broadcast protocol, which is which is like almost a gossip protocol. We know exactly the propagation times and the, the problems it has with the with in terms of like propagation times and so on and so forth. Reaching consensus with this with acceptable finality and kind of acceptable guarantees, I would say, is is problematic. And I just don't think that I'm not just don't think we actually did some counting, Pasha. I think Pavel is, is was actually doing that for on avalanche numbers and approach and our numbers shows yeah it's not about numbers i mean <laughs> avalanche is a uh, different architecture it's not blockchain uh it is direct 
created a, a cyclic graph, which means that your transaction can be reverted. So <laughs> just different nodes can think that your node uh, recorded it wrongly. And then you can see that uh, when you get some information about transaction recorded on one node, that that record record will be changed sometime time in the future. The funny part about that design is that imagine you submitted like a thousand conflicting transactions. We have $1 and you send that $1 to a thousand different accounts and each transaction is fine. You sign it properly with your key and you send those transactions to thousand nodes in Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And all those nodes will process and record that, that those transactions as valid because they are valid. Yes, yes, for real, because this is a design of node blockchain, node blockchain architecture. The, what they claim that, but at some point when those transactions, but when subsequent transactions will be propagated over different nodes, they will somehow decide where is the majority of, so there will be some, at some point, the majority of nodes will think what transaction is correct. But what if all nodes in that chain have recorded different transactions? Mm-hmm. How they how they can find what is the majority? How the like a thousand and first node should decide one which of those thousand transactions it get is correct. That's <laughs> not that's possible. Very interesting question. That's not yeah. possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the, 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 the point. The funny is the funny story is that this exactly why Solana has its uh, protocol called proof of history because that is exactly what they are proving which transactions was collated the first. Mm-hmm. So they solve the problem of conflicting transactions sent to different nodes and collated by different nodes. Or that's what they solved. But the problem uh, with that is that they solve problem which do not exist. <laughs> that's the funniest part about the design. Because they right. prove, uh, the proof history and they can sort transactions but they because they thought how to improve Bitcoin. But if you solve a different problem as Mitch said in the beginning, you can do not have problem in the beginning mm-hmm. because you, if you do not mix those transactions, which means you can allow only one node to collate uh, a transaction related to specific account, then you don't need to sort it later on. <laughs> That's but why, then is it not uh, centralization? No, 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 no it's no. not about it's not about centralization. It's actually about the agreement on on something, right? Yes. Okay. Because you don't have a mechanism on agreement. You do have a mechanism on agreement, but this mechanism of agreement is laid down in in time and then you have a another problem which is a problem of time but mm-hmm. if you have a design where you have like you, you solve this problem from the beginning you don't have it actually have a, for example if you have a bft consensus bft consensus solves this problem because it chooses the leader right. which collates the block right which propose basically proposes the transaction to the rest of the nodes if you don't have it then you have a problem of this synchronization between the nodes which takes time Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Solana, Solana did good job compared to BFT because in BFT you can have one block in five seconds and Solana with sorting, uh, with having that mechanism how to sort uh, transactions have two blocks per second, but they still uh, have that potential conflicting transactions and blocks to sort. And in our work chain, we don't have that conflict from the beginning. That's why we can have 100 blocks per second, 100, mm-hmm, not two, mm-hmm. 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in one work chain and we can have m- many work chains working in parallel gotcha gotcha 
but i would also want you to make it easier to understand for those who have no idea what you just said oh i think that's my job i think that's where i step in with another <laughs> bad analogy no please uh, do that I, i'm sorry I, go for go it have on first <laughs> yeah oh yeah i i have an analogy sorry yeah <laughs> sorry. let's go with yours sorry, yes sorry sorry about that but my I, i think i have the best analogy cinderella sorting different type of grain <laughs> but, right, uh, right right and cinderella can say i'm the best in the world in sorting the type of grains but Agreed. before Yeah, but before she just mixing <laughs> okay. those grains. So just don't do it. Don't mix uh, those types of grains. <laughs> I like that. And then you don't need, yeah. and then you, and then you don't yeah. need to imagine you have sorted grains. Then you put it all in one place and started to sort it again. Like why do you do that? She and does that, that because she wants to exactly. She does that to show that she is the best in the world, right? Yeah, she needs a party trick. Everyone has a party trick, doesn't it? Look at all these grains I can source. Exactly. <laughs> I like, like your you. analogy better than mine, Pavel. So you win that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> But like, what I want to know for the people not in the know is that, let's say, I have a torn crystal, and I want to send it to Ben. I have a torn surf wallet. Ben has one too. What happens as soon as I hit the send button? Where does my like torn crystal get processed, and where does that end up at? The reason why I ask this is that maybe at least few people in my standing now know what happens with my Bitcoin when I send it. It goes to a mempool. There is some consensus proof of work, and then it ends up like with the UTXOs or or like whatnot. How does it happen on Freeton? Because your consensus is different. You have work chains, which basically makes things faster and scalable. So break it down for us from this perspective. Nobody like knows sure. how that works out. Yeah, help us out. No, no problem. No problem. So you you send a message if you use like external message. You send a message to a smart contract because in Freeton everything is smart contract, and so you send a message. So I send- yeah, I will explain. I'll explain. So basically, so what I'm trying say, to ask is, it's a full node. Yeah. Let's go with yours first. Okay. I will not like, yeah. interrupt you. Yeah, please. Yeah. So, so the full node, which gets your external message, is transmitting this external message to the work chain, which processes your address. Mm-hmm. Like, and from that work chain, actually, it goes to the thread that processes your address. Mm-hmm. Because your address, which is the namespace of the contract in the blockchain, it's sliced like sharded mm-hmm. towards a particular set of validators, mm-hmm. and we know we can calculate these validators where mm-hmm. they are. So you send the message to these validators, <clears throat> and these validators then between themselves they run a BFT algorithm, uh, consensus algorithm. But that's mm-hmm. not the point. So. They run a BFT, so they know who the leader, who collator is. So the mm-hmm. collator, which collates the blocks, get this message, and it puts it in the block. Mm-hmm. And now the BFT consensus starts to work, and they agree on this block, and then they send this block to the master chain. But the thing is that, in parallel to it, to that, and that is what is explained in in in, uh, in the current uh, white paper, and it's not at all in the original Tone design, mm-hmm. is that this block candidates also propagates to the network. Mm-hmm. to the all the work chain to, not the whole network but to the work chain that's important mm-hmm. and then there are some funny algorithms of choosing a verifiers which very which basically because in the work chain every validator has the same data they don't mm-hmm. process the same data but they mm-hmm. so the multi thread multi threading is the following so you have all the nodes 
all the validators in the blockchain has the same data, but mm-hmm. they only process transactions for a certain subset of accounts on that data. Mm-hmm. Right. And within this processing, like you have a BFT, but then also there are some other nodes, not in the BFT consensus, which verifies that actually the block is correct. Mm-hmm. And they send proofs of this to the, also to the master chain validators. Mm-hmm. Now, because of this, actually, you can have a finality, which is faster than you don't need actually to wait until the block is confirmed in the master chain block. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. think of that if you have think of that in, in I don't know Polkadot you have a parachain uh, parachain consensus you have a parachain block and you have a parachain transaction mm-hmm. but you don't need to wait until that finalizes into the relay chain you basically because of this uh, algor- consensus algorithm which is a mix of several consensus algorithms actually you can rely on certain amount, certain assumptions of correctness within the work chain itself. Mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm fine. This transaction is final. It, it, it actually, actually, because we are proving in a white paper, and I think there will be a separate paper on that, that this consensus enhanced BFT, or think of that as two consensus as one, provides the security guarantees which are more than that of a Bitcoin, mm-hmm. actually. You don't even need to wait until the whole consensus part because the collator, which collates the block, has so low probability of cheating that what? it actually will never well because his ability of cheating is so low like probability of him to innate to go unpunished for the transaction for the wrong transaction in the block is such that he will never do that and so basically mm-hmm. when the block is collated you can say it's fine <laughs> mm. and and in that respect because we also have a reliable external message protocol Mm-hmm. Which basically guarantees that once collator says it's okay, I'm I'm including that in the block. You don't even need for the block itself. Mm-hmm. You get just enough for a collator to say I'm fine. I will include it. I'm actually including that in the block right now. You can mm-hmm. finalize. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you transfer like a billion dollar, you would probably wait a few seconds for the master chain block just to be <laughs> really completely sure. Right. But if you are, but if you are transferring just few tons, believe me, you can have a finality of two hundred milliseconds basically. Wow. Yeah, I've literally done this in real life with some of my less uh, savvy crypto friends where you can get them to download the app, you touch phones together, and by the time you pulled your phone away, the transfer's done. Exactly. Again, uh, to, to try and add a bit more of a basic kind of uh, explanation for those people out there like me who uh, struggle to keep up with uh, giga geniuses right. like me. The finality is a, it's not actually as complicated as it sounds. I'd like to think of it like Monopoly. Uh, everyone's played it. You have bank errors in your favour in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, in real life, most bank errors aren't in your favour. All finality means They're is... They're rankers, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All finality means is there can no longer be an error. <laughs> that's right. said point, you know, that's... Right. So the transaction can go through, but up until it's got finality, mm-hmm. you, you can hypothetically still get that. That uh, Unfortunately, so you must give the money back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, that is what I find very, like, interesting in how, like, Meetsa puts it. It's like you can have finality within 200 milliseconds. Do we have examples or, like, hypotheses where a longer finality has led to problems? Or, like, I mean, Maybe in the real... It's just a user experience. And think of that 
also if you have a composability contract. Like you mm -hmm. have some DeFi protocol and you mm -hmm. run like composable, I don't know what, you put some collateral against some loan and then you put this loan as a collateral and go to some other loan and stuff like that. And then you go to DEX, you exchange something for something. Like count transactions here. Think of that and then like, okay, so how much time do you wait today to make all that happen? Mm -hmm. And also think of that as following. If you have a low scalability and that's what Ethereum has. Like you, then the gas price is just going parabolic. Exactly. And here you have, you hit the button, boom, it's done. And then it costs, what else, what else, what do you want? <laughs> I'll tell you what there I want. He, he's I'll taking marketing exactly tips in the background here, isn't he? He's Googling yeah. how to market. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you like what I want. So Ethereum, because it is not so scalable, it gives me the opportunity to take out flash loans. I don't know how to take out one yet, but now I have this opportunity. Can you do that on Freeton? No, because flash loans is a bug. Flash loan is a bug, is a design bug in Ethereum. So you exploit some bug and then you say, how can you do that in a system that works correctly? You, you, you I, agree. I agree. But, I totally agree. But, but I, let me give you some good things right. as well. Like you can do that by constructing a flash loan, a smart contract. Yeah, you do it, do it by design, man. Come on, you want to give a flash loan, like do it by design. Just create a smart contract, which has a, a guarantee of execution on, on certain conditions and give mm -hmm. a loan. Mm. What's your problem? <laughs> I mean, there was all this stuff about the the polychain DeFi hack the other week, wasn't there? And again, I'm, I'm not uh, wise in these ways, but if you look into the details, it's actually not as technically complex as as you would think to work your way around these problems. It, it's an inherent kind of design flaw. Yeah, way, yeah, bad, design, bad designs leads and bugs leads to a security. <laughs> <laughs> what? How right. wondrous is that? Right. Exactly. That makes Again, sense. we come back to the Mega Drive and why that never took off. <laughs> I'm sure some like marketer had to write a report where he had to present why it's such a good design, which is why it got made and sold. <laughs> but yeah, coming back to this media. So when we talk about designs, right? So as Benjamin pointed out about this polychain hack or like poly network hack, how it was explained was that designers or uh, technologists, programmers, they have this tendency to chop a problem into smaller bits. So they make it modular. One person builds this, one person builds that. And then it's the job of like one other, one other person to make sure to build all of them into one machine. This taking these blocks and converting that into a bigger machine is where the problems arise. Because they think that all, because all of them are doing good, the other part will also do good. But it doesn't work out like that. The article said two positives sometimes make a negative. What do you guys think about that? What's your solution? Yeah. Can you like, I didn't get it. Can you rephrase? Of course, shorter, I'll give you, maybe. now it's my turn to like, get what my exactly analogy. Do you mean? 
now it's my turn to give an analogy, right? Let's say that you are trying to build a car. So somebody builds the carburetor, somebody builds the engine, somebody builds the seat. It doesn't work like that here on that point. On that point, it doesn't work like that because before you build carburetor, before you build motor, there are designers who build the design of that thing. Mm -hmm. And then they build the specifications for that thing. And only Mm -hmm. according to the specification, someone can design an engine, a carburetor, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't do the design correctly, you may miss that you need a carburetor in the first place the only part of the yeah on that happy note though i'd like to give it uh i would like to call it a wrap uh thank you Mitya, thank you benjamin and thank you pavel for joining us let's do that like some other time when you have another milestone or if you guys have an hour to spare i would be happy to ch- chat to you guys about this over and over again thank you for joining us it was podcast. pleasure yeah, pleasure. Uh, Thank you very much. Again, I, I could talk to you I hope you don't mind me uh, giving a shout out, but obviously you've uh, been made a guest appearance on uh, my very own podcast a couple of times. So, you know, what's uh, doing these things with our little cross promotion? If you're into cryptocurrency, check it out, starring Utserv uh, and myself and lots of other funny, interesting people making jokes about the weird world of crypto. Definitely. Thank you again. Bye. podcast.